0: walking through a series we started last week on the bible in 16 passages or 16 verses so uh, we started last week and we're just going to each week build one one idea upon another and so last week we talked about the idea of creation that that god is king and that as a king he made a world and created the world and we talked about the idea that as a king he has a right to do with that world what he wants and so we spent last week talking about the idea of God as king and, and creator. This morning we're going to focus on one aspect of that creation, and that is mankind. And we're going to talk about how it is that God created man, what that means, what he entails, all that kind of thing. But before we do, I want to give you a quiz. All right? uh, I'm going to throw up five images, five logos, and they're going to scroll through them about three seconds each, and they're going to keep putting them on a loop while I'm talking. I want you to figure out what all five of these logos have in common. Okay? So uh, go ahead, guys. Throw them up. Uh, I did already get you through a loop. Okay? You, these are very familiar logos. They're things that you, have been a, that you know. Um, and uh, uh, so as you look at it, NASCAR, Under Armour, um, Back to Apple. That's Apple, by the way, if you don't know. That's their new logo, by the way. They got rid of the colored one. Um, Nike, of course. Harley. Uh, I was going to put up sports teams, but I thought they'd get too controversial. we get boos and yays. Uh, so, you know what they have in common? Let me, let, let, let me tell you what all these logos have in common. I could walk to Walmart tomorrow. I could buy an $8 T-shirt. Or a $10 ball cap. I could put any one of these logos on that t-shirt or that ball cap, and they're now $30 and $40 t-shirts and ball caps because of these logos. Now, in some ca- and I know what you're going to say, you're going, oh, no, 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 oh, no, that's what the Chinese do. Um, they slap their logos you know, on, on cheap shirts and try to sell them and that kind of thing. No, no. Because why? Because what have these companies done? These companies have gone out and they have spent millions and millions of dollars to develop these logos, to promote these logos, to design these logos. Uh, actually, Apple went through and designed, got rid of all the colors because one of the things that they realized was that that was a dated logo. Um, that was back with the Macintosh, and those kinds of things first came out. So now they've gone to the one-colored one. Colored one. Um, but all of these logos, you could slap on any item and increase the cost of it 30 40 50%, sometimes hundreds of percents. Um, and you know that because you know why? Some of you do this. Some of you go, and you want a, a, a jacket or a hat or a ball cap, and what do you do? You go and you spend double the price sometimes because you want it to say Harley Davidson. Or the popular one right now is Under Armour. You want that little Under Armour logo on it because that says something in the world in which you live. Don't know what, but it says something. Why? Why do we do that? Think about this for a minute because this is really important to where we're going today. Why do we do this? Huh? We want to fit in, but when we do it, what are we doing? Huh? I, what? I, I'm informing. I'm, I'm telling you, I want to be associated with this. Right? I'm telling you, I want you to know, I have an Apple Watch. Not yet. If you do, if you do, it's illegal. Okay, because they're not released yet. They're in the process. You actually, did you know that for the new Apple Watch, you actually have to make an appointment to see one? Did you know that, huh? What? Oh, you can get them now? Yeah. Uh, oh, two months ago, what was it? Suzanne was telling us, like two months ago, you had to make an appointment to see one. To see a watch that you wanted to buy. That's how good branding is. Um, but why? Why do we do this? Because we want everybody to know I own a Harley. I watch NASCAR. I have an Apple. By the way, let me date myself. I remember years ago when everyone who was anyone had to have an alligator on their shirt. IZOD. Remember those days? Yeah. You find them now at Goodwill. Um... (laughs) But back then, we paid big money to have that little alligator on that sweater. You know? Right or wrong, I mean, we did. And now it's just the logos have changed. The logos have changed. And we do this. Why? We want everyone to know we can afford Under Armour, we can afford an Apple because we have convinced ourselves that it's better. We've convinced ourselves we want to be associated with it. I'm not saying any of that's wrong, okay? I'm not, okay? I mean, well, I think, well, we, okay, we won't go there. Uh, but here, here's my point. You go, uh, I, well, my teenager, he just, or she just wants all of it. I said, here's, here, let me tell you some parents, here's the easiest way to do it. I've fought this for years. When it came out to shoes, my kids went through a shoe phase, tennis shoe phase, you know? And it was very simple. I said, look, here's what I'm going to spend on a pair of tennis shoes. Okay, fair. okay. We're not getting into this, right? Okay. You went through a T-shirt phase. But anyway, all right. What I would do is I would say, okay, here's the money you got to go buy shoes. You want to go buy something more expensive than that? That's on you. You know, you go cut grass. You go do whatever you need. But here's what I will pay for shoes. It's going to cost me this no matter what. I can't justify paying the crazy prices for the crazy logos. But if you want to do that with your money, that's your call. Okay? And, And that's the way I handled it. As a parent, but this is what we do. Okay, now um, yeah, we don't need to give them more business. All right, so uh, now let me go to a passage. Okay, let me show you how this all ties together. Genesis chapter one. Listen to what it says: God created mankind in His own image. That's important. It's very important to us today. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. You need to understand this. Don't get. Don't go. Don't go. Don't get all crazy on me and go off the deep end and think I've lost my mind. But when the Bible talks about creating man in God's image, there is a female aspect and a male aspect to it. We often, When we look at God, we often think of God in a male role. But you need to understand, even the Bible talks about God as a mother hen uh, watching over her chick. There is, a, there is a female aspect, if you will, and there is a male aspect... That both reflect God. By the way, that's why marriage is so important. Because what marriage does is it brings two separate aspects of the character and nature of God together as one entity. That's why God focuses in marriage on the oneness that is so important in marriage. And that's why Satan works so hard to pull a marriage apart because it destroys that oneness idea. So that, that's what you have when we, we look at this passage. But notice what he said. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. So, God initially sets up mankind, man and woman, together and gives them the parameters of uh, of what they're to do. All right? That becomes important for us today. So, let me back it up and let's walk through some of this stuff. It says... They are created in the image of God. There are all kinds of debates about what this means. Um, So let me throw out some of the meanings of it. Let me throw out some of the aspects of it that are very, very important to us. When the Bible says that we're created in the image of God, it has a number of elements of God that are to be reflected in our lives. One of them is this idea. God is a spiritual being. We know that God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So there is inherently within mankind a spiritualness about him. There is this part of man that wants to be spiritual. Um, we find it all over creation. You find it, you find it in um, cultures who have never seen a white man, who have never seen anything else. We go into those cultures and we find out they worship. Now, who told them to worship? See, it's innate in human beings that there is this spiritual void, this spiritualness that needs to be filled within mankind. God created us that way. Um, One of the things that that it is 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 mankind is rational. There is a rationale. There is a thinking process. There is the ability to choose within mankind. God designed us that way. That's why later we're going to see, in a couple weeks or next week, we're going to see how Satan uses that, to try to pull man away from God. Because he realizes that man can choose to reject God. But there is a rationale where man thinks through things. Is that not what you try to raise your kids with? What were you thinking? How many times have you said that to your kids? What were you thinking? Why? We try to get them to think in a consistent basis in a logical way. Why? Because we're created as rational beings. Um, we're created as creative beings. Um. You know me and my rabbit trails? Let me take one for a minute, because this is my latest, all right? Um, and I'll try not to spend too much time on it. The first thing that you learn about God in Genesis chapter 1 is God creates. Okay? Later, we learn that God creates man in his own image. So I believe that inherent within mankind is the ability or the desire to create something. I think, I think you and I were designed... To create something. I think within you, there is this pull to make something, to produce something. If you go through the history of mankind, here's what you will find. Man has always wanted to create. Man has always wanted to push the envelope. Go back in culture. Let's go back 100 or 200 years in American culture. Man was incredibly creative. Every day, a person would get up and figure out what we were going to make to eat. And it involved a creative process of putting together foods and fruits and vegetables and things that were available and, 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 and do them in creative ways. That's how we get goulash. Um, do, to do those kinds of things. Why? Because man had this innate desire every day to create. You didn't, go to, you didn't go someplace and buy your furniture. You made your furniture. Or you went to somebody who would make furniture for you. You, you, you had to figure out all of those things. You, you didn't hire a contractor to go build your house. You built it. That throughout history, mankind has created things. Now, fast forward to 2015. We don't have to create food anymore. We buy it prepackaged. It's a nice little things, Punch a couple buttons. Pop it out of the microwave. done. In fact... We don't even have to go to that effort. We can actually go to a place that somebody else does it all for us. We don't have to create. Um, We don't have to make our own furniture. We go and we go to some fancy place or some box place. and, And, you know, the most creative that we have to get is when we look at the instruction and go, this doesn't make any sense to me, and we put it together our own way and have parts left over. I mean, that's about as creative as we get sometimes. And I'm convinced that one of the things that is happening in our culture right now is we're starting to realize we, are, we, we have a need and a desire to create. Personally, culturally, you know what I think is happening? Happening right now in Sioux City. You know what's taken off as a business faster than anything right now in Sioux City? Painting parties. Yeah, you guys, that's what they did for... for um, you know Why? We get a whole bunch of people in the room. We say, We're going to teach you how to create a painting because you have it within you to be able to create a painting. We're looking at doing it for the ladies here. Why? Because we ha- I think, and all of a sudden people are like, Oh, it was so much fun. Oh, I didn't know I could paint. Oh, look at how beautiful it is. Oh, why? Because we're creative beings. We're cre- that's, that's why we have ladies here who can quilt, we have people here who plant. And and some of you know. There's a desire within you to create. And I would say one of the reasons some of you are so bored with life right now is you're not creating anything. I think you'll find a whole other level of life just by learning to be more creative. Because you were designed, believe it or not, I believe, as a creative person. You were also designed as a moral person. When God designed mankind, one of the things that he gave him is, is a morality about it to know right and wrong kids listen to me for a minute this is what's so important for you to get particularly as you head into college you're going to be taught that morality is not that important you're going to be taught that it's no big deal but what you have to understand is morality is sourced in god if you remove god from the equation then you have no basis for morality that's why In in school systems, we're pulling God out because if God is there, then there's right or wrong. If God isn't there, then every man can do that which is right in his own eyes. Think about it for a minute. What's the basis for morality if there's no God? Explain to me this. Why is murder wrong? Let's just say for a minute, again, I know it's church, but let's say for a minute there's no God. Okay? Just give me this for a few minutes. Why is murder wrong? Oh, no, 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 but but society says we are all we're, we're all just a a a happening. We came out of a primordial ooze, one day decided to crawl instead of swim, and then decided to walk instead of crawl. We just happened. So if we're all just happenings. How can society even dictate what's wrong? And if you're going to let society dictate what's wrong, then what was wrong with what Hitler did? Because Hitler said, hey, I'm going to teach society that it's okay to kill Jews. You're taking love them, right? else what's that? You're taking love by somebody else. But again, why should I love you? You're just a primordial thing that evolved. Else loves them, then. Huh? Else loves them, then. Yeah, but, but so what? so what? There's no God. Who cares? You see my point? The reason we have right or wrong is because of God. And when you take God out of the equation, the only sound, rational, philosophical way to live is live for yourself and forget everybody else. Because there is no rationale For doing anything for anybody but yourself if God's not in the equation. That's why God came and said, look, you love me, then you love people. Because I love people. That's why you love. You love people because they're important to me. It's so important that we understand this. And we have a culture that wants to pull morality, uh, pull God out of it, and then still have a moral basis, and you can't. That's why it's so important kids to understand when you get off to college when you go into high school that you have a sound understanding of who is jesus christ and who is he to you because you're going to be challenged with that whole aspect of why are you letting someone else determine what you do and how you live and that becomes so so important for us another aspect of it is god designed us as social beings god designed us to interact with one another He brings Adam, oh, by the way, the morality thing. I mean, if you think about it for a minute, that's not true in the animal kingdom. I know you love your animal, your dog, your cat, whatever it is. But you need to understand, they have no moral basis for what they do. You know, the coyotes that run in my neighborhood didn't wake up this morning and go, man, I feel really bad about that rabbit. (laughs) They have no moral basis for what they do. Why? Because they're in the animal kingdom. We're created in the image of God. We're social creatures, by the way. God designed us to interact socially with one another. That's how he designed us. He wants us to be together. He designed us to feed off of each other, to encourage one another, to build one another up. He brings Adam into this incredible creation that he said, "And said, Adam, name all the animals. And Adam comes up with naming all the animals. And then God says, you know what? There's nobody here that fits Adam. So I'm going to create Eve. Why? Because I'm social. It's who I am as God. I want relationships. I'm all about relationships. So we have this thing, and notice what he says. He goes on, and the passage says this. He creates them that way, and he blessed them, and he said unto them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Now That's an interesting concept. He says, look, here's what I want you to understand. You're created in my image. Let me tie it to what I said earlier. You're wearing my logo. Now, I want you to take my logo, and I want you to spread it all over the world. See, when creation starts, it starts in a garden east of Eden. That's where it starts. It starts in a garden. And that's where God and Adam and Eve meet every day. But Adam's job was, notice what it says, to be fruitful, increase the number, fill the earth and subdue it. So he said, your job, Adam, is not to just stay in the little garden and do your thing. Your job is to take this thing outside of the garden to the whole earth. Adam, your job, and Eve, your job, is to spread this thing out. Is to make my kingdom much, much bigger. Because I want you Everywhere. I want you to just take this thing off. I want you to get out there. I don't want you to just live in the garden and just be a happy little person just in the garden. I want you to take it past that. I want you to expand this thing. What's he saying to Adam? He's saying, Look, okay, Adam, I, you're my image bearer. And I'm depending upon you to take this thing way past just this. You understand that's what the church is all about? You understand that's what Christianity is all about? Jesus didn't look at the disciples and say, Okay, guys, look. You guys got it all together. We're all going to be in heaven together. Let's just call it good. He said what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Take this thing everywhere, guys. You, let every, you make disciples everywhere you go. You spread this thing through the whole world. That was the same command, by the way, that they gave Adam. You take this thing in my image, and you take off with this thing. And then notice what he says. He takes it one step further. He says, be fruitful and multiply and increase the earth in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the ground. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, Adam, you're my representative. I'm not going to do this, Adam. This is your job. I'm going to put you out there and you're going to take care of the whole thing. Adam, you're going to be a steward of this whole thing that I've created. This is your baby. You're running it for me. Rule over it. Take care of the fish, the whole thing. Adam, you're in charge of the whole thing. You are my, and here's the key, you are my representative, Adam. That's your job. Your job is to go out to be my image bearer, and your job is to go out and rule over this whole thing. You're, You're out there representing me. This is where this is so important. That was Adam's responsibility. That's how God set it up. He said, Adam, when you go out there, it's the same thing as me being out there. Because I'm not going to be out there, Adam. You are. You're going to be my eyes and ears. You're going to be the one who takes care of the problems. You're going to be the one who rules over the whole thing because, Adam, you're representing me. That's how he sets it up. So, let's talk about this and how it applies to us. Here's the first thing. You need to understand this. You and I, if you call yourself a Christian this morning, you're wearing his logo all week. And if you think those other logos I just showed you are expensive, this one was paid for with the life of Jesus Christ. His blood, his body, which was shed for us. And he basically says, you know what? You're my image bearer this week. Everywhere you go, you are representing me. You're my representative. You're the one who's in charge. You're the one who, I want you to act just like I would act. Because you're wearing my logo. You're going out. And you're representing me, you're going out with my logo, you're going out in my image. Do you understand that, that, that when, when people first came to Christ, they were not called Christians? They were called people of the way. And what happened was, when they got to Antioch, people started making fun of them. And what they did was they started calling them Christians. Literally, here's the translation, little Christ's. They started looking at the way these people were acting, and they go, you know what, you're just acting like a mini-Jesus. And it was a derogatory term. It was not a term anybody wanted to be called. It's like, you're like a, you're like a miniature Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being called a miniature Jesus? People come to you and go, you know what, you're like a miniature Jesus. When we use the word Christian, that's what we're saying. So here's my question. Can you really call yourself a Christian this week? I mean, would your spouse look at you and go, you know what? I'm so tired of you. You're acting like a mini Jesus. Kids, would your mom and dad look at you and go, you know what? You're so frustrating. You just keep acting like a mini Jesus. Can you imagine going in, to a work, in, in to, at the work and treating your boss in such a way that he goes, you know, you're just like one of those mini-Jesus people. It's, we're wearing his image. We're to be, we were made in his likeness. We are to be an image-bearer of him this week. You see, you need to understand when you go and you chuck out at that register, the way you treat that person says something about the image you bear. When you get into that line that you think is the shortest line, and it turns into be the longest line, the way you respond to that cashier represents Jesus. I'm going to get really picky here in a minute. The way you tip at a restaurant represents jesus so if you're one of those people i don't understand why they they, i'm just gonna give them like a five percent here you know i understand the meal was a hundred dollars but here's two really because boy i want some of what you got that's the kind of jesus i want to serve now you see the jesus that i serve is incredibly generous And I have somebody who's actually bringing me food, and making sure my glass is filled, and then when it's all said and done, is going to pick up my nasty, dirty dishes and wash them, and I'm going to give them two bucks. Really, really. Because I got news for you, I don't want anything. I don't want any kind of thing. If you're not going to be generous with them, I don't want what you've got. Because see, you're a mini Jesus in front of them. That person that. You, oh, okay, here we're going to go. When you're at that ball game, you're a mini Jesus to that coach, to that ref, to that umpire. When you're all done, would that referee walk up to you and say, hey, look, thanks. All of your comments were the same kind of comments Jesus would have made. You go, oh, I don't like this. Well, wait a minute. Are we image bearers or not? I mean, if we're going to represent Jesus Christ, you will proudly wear an Under Armour logo, a, 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 a NASCAR logo. Some of you will come in here with college stuff that you're so proud of or a sports team that you're so proud of. Why? Because you want everybody to know I am in their corner. I'm a Bears fan. Do you know the last time the Bears won anything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the only thing only worse than being a Bears fan is being a Cubs fan, you know, although they're changing, you know. But I mean, really, yeah, honestly, it's like, you know, people go, "You know what team you root for?" you know? And and there was a time that I had Bears everything. Now you go, uh, what team you root for?" Hey, But you know what? We get more excited about wearing those logos than we do about representing our Lord and Savior who did so much more for us than any sports team ever has. And I think there's something wrong with that. I think we've misplaced some priorities when we do that. The other thing is, if you'll notice, the passage says that I want you to be fruitful and fill the earth and subdue it. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Adam, Eve, I'm not running the, I, I mean, I'm running this thing, but here's the thing. I'm not going to be here, but I want you to be a steward of it. I'm giving it to you to take care of for me. That's what he said. He said, Adam, Eve, I'm giving you this thing, and you need to take care of it for me. You need to take care of it the way I would take care of it. And in context, he's talking about the earth. No, I'm not an environmentalist wacko, so we're not going there. But there is a responsibility for us to, to genuinely care for, for, for this planet. Um, I'm not saying, you know, again, you know, you're like, oh, so you're a vegetarian? Yeah, fat chance. I don't think so. Because I'm very clear about this. The animals were created for me, all right? Not me for the animals. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole other topic. But here we go. Here's the idea. I am a steward. Adam and Eve were a steward of that which God had gave them. And that's a principle for God. You know what God does to us? God says, look, I'm going to give you stuff and you're a steward of it. It's just like, some of you remember, you remember when you rented a place? You know, what happened? You go to somebody and they say, okay, here's what the rent is, here's a down payment, or da- deposit, I'm going to let you rent it, you need to take care of it like I would take care of it, and if you don't, I'm either going to kick you out, or I'm not going to give you back your deposit. And you become a steward of it. You have to take care of it. If you lease a car, you know how that works. They say, okay... You've got to take care of it just like it was yours. And at the end of the time, if you've done too much damage to it, it's going to cost you more. And if, you, and if you've taken care of it, then we're good. You're a steward of it. You know what God says to us? Everything I give you, you're a steward of. You're just taking care of it for me. You now, some of you get all bent out of shape on the whole money thing. Do you understand that whatever percentage you give or whatever you give or whatever else, do you understand that God owns all of it? He's just given it to you to take care of. Do you understand that your kids are not yours? God's just given them to you to take care of. Do do you understand that the house that you have, it's not yours. The bank owns it. I mean, you know, I mean, no, God has allowed you to have that. Because there are people all over this world that don't have that. That God has decided for whatever reason not to give them that kind of home. You understand that everything you have, you're a steward of? That God just simply, for whatever reason, chose to give it to you? Are you ready for this this morning? You understand that your health, God has given to you and you're a steward of? It's His. If you're a Christian, the Bible's very clear. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are His. They don't belong to you. And some of us abuse it. And we don't take care of it. And we think that's okay. No, you're a steward of that. Are you ready for this? Those of you who are married, do you understand that next to your salvation, the greatest gift that God gave you is that person that's your spouse? And you're not taking care of them. You're abusing the relationship. You're ignoring the relationship. You're not understanding the value of that person in your life. You understand that for a while, you're a steward to just take care of them? You're not loving them. You're not honoring them. You're not cherishing them. You're not putting them up on a pedestal. You're not respecting them. You're not showing them honor. And honestly, the way you have talked to them this week is shameful. You're a steward of that relationship. Are you ready for this? The job that you have this week? You didn't earn that. You don't deserve that. That's something God gave you. And some of you, you take that for granted. You take it for granted, the idea that you have a place to go, and somebody who at the end of the week, or at the end of a month, or at the end of every two weeks, hands you a paycheck for the work you've done. And you think it's okay to take a longer lunch break than you should, and not turn it in, and... And, and cut corners like that, no no, no, you're a steward, you're to do that job as if Jesus was doing that job but again, you've heard me say this, I'm not trying to be gross, but when I was in college, I was at a Christian college, and i was i did I did clean up, I cleaned a men's dorm yeah, you do you figure it out a men's dorm, and we were taught at the end of the night. You cleaned the restrooms, everybody went to bed, we cleaned the restroom, and we were just taught very simply. You clean this restroom as if the next person to use it was Jesus Christ himself. That was drilled into us. You clean a lot differently when that's your motivation. Why? Because it was instilled into us that you're not doing it for the paycheck, you're not doing it for the, you're doing it not unto men but unto God. Your job this week, you're not doing it for a paycheck, you're doing it for God. And if you've been given that, you need to cherish that. Why? You're a steward of it. And I think one of the things that we're missing is we miss this point that this week you and I have a lot of things that we need to be grateful for. A lot of things that we need to understand we need to be better stewards of. And that every day when we walk into the world, we're walking in wearing the logo, the image of Jesus Christ. And we need to represent him. And we need to represent him well, in our speech, in our actions, in our words, in how we address people, and how we talk to people, and how we handle people. And the greatest compliment you could hear this week. You know they're acting like a little Jesus. <sighs> they're acting like that Christian thing. I don't understand why they don't tell off the boss like the rest of us want to. Maybe it's because I'm a Christian. And I wear a different logo than you. And I'm trying to represent and be a steward of the things that my God has given me. Because I have been given much. And for some of us, we need to just take a step back and ask ourselves, are we being good stewards, are we being good image bearers? Because from day one, when God created man, that's what he called him to do. And it's what we need to do each week. So my prayer goes something like this. We're called to represent God and his kingdom to a world who does not know who he is. We are responsible to reflect him in everything we say and everything we do this week. So be a proper image bearer in all you do and glorify him. Let's pray. Lord, help us. God, we all struggle. We all have our moments. We all have our times when we sin. When, Lord, we don't take seriously the idea that we have the opportunity, the privilege, to represent you. God, we get complacent in our marriages, we get complacent with our families, we get complacent around our friends. And we forget that there is a world of people around us who are watching. And, Lord, as we wear your image this week, as people who work with us know that we call ourselves a Christian or a believer, May they be able to see it and not just hear it because we have tried to attach a label to our lives, but rather, Lord, that they could say our lives genuinely live out that which we represent. Lord, help us because, uh, Lord, we can all do better. So may people see Christ in us this week, and you be honored and glorified these things we ask in your name. Amen. Um, Let's stand together.